0: This program is part of the Infinite Potato Alliance. Visit us at InfinitePotato.com.
1: Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Attention whoever you are, this channel is reserved
2: for emergency calls only.
1: Do I sound like I'm
2: wearing a pizza?
1: Hold on to your butt. And here we go. From the historic Infinite Potato Studios, this is Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Hasta la vista, baby. Join us as we dive deep into all fandoms and genres of cinema and television. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. No gatekeeping. Demon! No toxic fandom The monkeys might fly out of my butt Now, only inches from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew Just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Here is your host, Sean Ray Sean
2: Shawnee, you're feeling a little loose? Never the Sean dog, because that's just lame
1: And I've never been one to chase balls Easy peasy lemon squeezy Alright, it was a miracle we gonna keep the change, you
3: filthy animal. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. My name is Sean Ray, and I went to the library and asked the librarian, because that's who works in the library. I asked them where the books on paranoia were, and she said, they're right behind you. <laughs> Joining me tonight in the historic Cosmic Potato studio, we have Rick. How are you, sir?
2: If any of you primates touches me again... Oh, hey, how's it going?
0: <laughs> and Scott is here as well. How are you? Um, is it too predictable to say third time's the charm? <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, yeah. huh? Before we get to tonight's topic, uh, first of all, I have to say, I I think John is joining us in our... Uh, Chat room, John, you might want to uh, mute your, te- your computer for a few minutes because I want to talk a little bit about the Spider-Man trailer, the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer that came out this week. Did you guys both
2: get to see it? I love how they call it a teaser trailer, but it's like five minutes long.
0: <laughs> it's three minutes long. Thank you. Three minutes. But you're totally right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Usually a teaser trailer is 30 seconds. I'm like, is the real trailer going to be half the movie? <laughs> teaser trailer does not mean the
3: same thing that it used to mean. Now they, they basically, they put out three trailers for a movie. They call the first one the trailer, the teaser trailer. Uh, but you used to the teaser trailer was, I mean, like some images and yeah. maybe a voiceover or something like that, you know, and, uh, and now it's, It's just a a trailer. And then the second trailer will have a little bit more. And then the third trailer will give you
2: too much. The real trailer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What, what meant, you know, I I don't know when this happened and maybe it grumpy old man, but the fact that you get coming attractions on a goddamn trailer, <laughs> you know, it's
3: like well, that's a coming, that's a YouTube like, thing, yeah.
2: The trailer and it.
3: Uh, oh. oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you meant commercials before the trailer. Uh, uh, yeah, no, yes, no, yeah.
0: just hype about a trailer coming up. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah the, yeah. the advertisements are getting advertisements now. Yeah. They say, hey, tune in in two days. You're gonna you're gonna have a commercial.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, when they put that trailer out, the more eyes that they get on it, the more clicks they get, then the yeah. more money their sponsors get. You know, so.
2: I understand all of that. I just think it's, you know, as Sean, as Scott rather, just very eloquently put it, a commercial for a commercial yeah. is getting a little ridiculous. <laughs>
3: yeah. We've gotten into an age where clicks mean money. So they're, yeah. you know, it's not like the eighties and the nineties, you go to the movies and you don't even know what trailer you're going to see. It kind of mm-hmm. started about the time that. Uh, Star Wars Episode 1 released their first trailer. That was the first time that I ever heard of them advertising that a trailer was going to be before a certain movie. Because the movie was One Fine Day, I think, was a movie with uh, George Clooney and Michelle Pfeiffer. And um, they advertised that that movie was going to have the Star Wars Episode 1 trailer before it. So the movie was selling out people and it's not a good movie. It's not even a big movie. People were going to the theater watching the Star Wars trailer and then leaving. That's they were buying a ticket just to see that trailer. And now we we've just moved into the internet age and it's just another step beyond that.
0: One step beyond.
3: Yeah. But anyway, the 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 Spider-Man trailer, the movie it looks really good. It's, uh, I actually have some praise and some criticism for it. I'll praise it first. First, I want to thank it. I want to thank Marvel for hinting at a lot of the villains from past stuff that they're going to be, that's going to be in this movie without showing all of them. Um, we don't know for sure that all of them are going to be there, but we got hints of green goblin. We got hints of electro. We got hints of Sandman. The only one that we actually saw was, uh, dr octopus and alfred molina come coming out and saying uh, hello peter you know which was awesome
0: a lot of people are saying hints of the lizard also
3: yeah yeah and, uh, and
0: well, hints of uh, okay. possibly venom too so
2: one of the green goblins pumpkin bombs is a hint
0: i think that's a little stronger than a hint
3: well it's a hint we don't know that it's gonna be willem defoe playing him
0: well, that's true, and also we, we we don't know that he's going to be in the movie. They they might have literally shown us everything we're going to see of the Green Goblin in that in that trailer. That, that, that pumpkin bomb might yeah. be the only uh, Goblin reference that we have in the entire film. We don't know,
2: except that they've been they've been announcing like everybody who's ever been in a Spider-Man movie is going to be in this movie uh, for the last two years.
0: <laughs> well, but we are are we not rapidly reaching the point where Anything that uh, producers, directors, uh, uh, and anyone involved in the making of the film, uh, as well as anyone who reports on the making of a film, we can't trust anything they say anymore. And this has been going on for – even you know well before Star Trek Into Darkness, when J.J. Abrams was telling uh, uh, journalists, point blank, it's not Khan.
2: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's been – you know, over a decade now since since they started to blatantly lie to the audience in the lead up to a movie. So really, what can you trust? They even doctor the the, the trailers themselves. We had a shot uh, in the trailer for Infinity War with a large group running towards the camera with Hulk. You know, big as life, running with the crowd. He's not in that shot.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: He's not in that movie in that form at all, or, or all right. for the
2: most Do, part. I like honestly, scene- think that the Green Goblin is not going to be in this movie.
0: I I, I don't know. I don't don't know know. one way or the other. I think it's a possibility. Marvel, Marvel is.
3: I mean, they'll they'll lie because uh, (laughs) uh, when they were filming Thor Ragnarok, they play they paid. uh, God, I can never remember his name. The guy that played Yondu in the Guardians movies, Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. They paid him. They flew him to Australia. They dressed him up as Yondu and had him walk around the set. So that if there were any paparazzi around, they would get pictures of him and everybody would be screaming, oh, Yondu's
2: in this movie. But he wasn't in the trailers.
3: No, he wasn't in the trailers. But, I mean, they will do stuff. Yeah, but they they lie on their trailers, too.
0: They will screw the press as that's how they screw with the audience is through screwing with the press. They were doing it just to try to make the press feel silly. They knew that the press were going to run with those reports and the audience was going to get all sorts of worked up. That's why they did
3: it. We thought Iron Man Three was going to be about the Mandarin. It wasn't about the Mandarin. <laughs> well, that
2: was that's a whole different that's a whole show right there. <laughs>
3: but yeah, I mean, it it, it it could be that he all he sees is that pumpkin bomb and that, and and it blows up or something. That could be. you know mm-hmm. that could be. But I don't know. The the one thing that I so that's the praise I have for it. The criticism I have for it is that they showed us too much of the plot, you know, they pra- they basically set up the entire premise of the movie. And I I think if I had to speculate, if I had to make a theory, which I love to speculate, um I don't think that's Doctor Strange. I think that's somebody else because he's acting way too flippant with his powers of changing reality. He's just like, yeah, yeah, I'll change reality for you. Come on. You know, I don't think that's him. I think I think uh uh once again Spider Man is being manipulated in some way, you know.
2: Uh but I we'll I, I don't know anywhere near enough about Doctor Strange to even have an opinion, so sure.
3: Well you know the you know the characterization that they've made of him from Doctor Strange and the and Infinity War and all that, that he that he wasn't acting like himself.
2: All I know about him is what we've seen in the MCU. And I mean, that's really, he's one of the sketchier uh, characters. Not, not sketchy as in, as in, you know, uh, suspicious, just
0: not fleshed out,
2: just not. Yeah. You know, know, I, I kind of thought I, while I enjoyed the Dr. Strange movie, he sure went from absolutely crushed to, you know, master of magics pretty damn quickly. So, but I don't know if that's, how the character is or not. So uh, I, you know, I, I, watched the trailer. It has some tropes that I really hate, uh, especially the, uh, the, 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 the main ones. And, and this really pissed me off at the end of, of the last Spider-Man movie, which was, you know, revealing the hero, revealing the hero's secret identity and framing them for a crime they didn't commit. Because every God damn hero story does that at some point, And I'm so freaking sick of it. That being said, I have loved every Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. And so I'm willing to see them take these tired old tropes and make, make them interesting.
3: Well, this is straight from the comics too. This, I mean, this, this whole storyline, mm, I, I it. mean, <laughs> this is,
0: this is diagonally from the comics.
3: <laughs> yeah. If, if Dr. Octopus shows up in that movie and then takes over Peter's body <laughs> for the next Spider-Man movie or whatever, we'll see.
0: I don't think they'll take it that far. They they, they might wait another one or two movies before they try to pull off that story. Um, and to to what Rick was saying about uh, the reveal the identity and frame them for a crime and that being an overused trope, uh, to a degree, yes, I agree that it is used a lot and it's disappointing that we're seeing it again. However, I think considering how they're constructing this movie, the identity revealed slash framed for a crime he didn't commit is going to make up, I think, a surprisingly small percentage of this actual movie. It takes, I think the percentage of the trailer that that portion of the story takes up is larger than the percentage of the final film that it will take up.
3: It's probably like the first 20 minutes of the movie. I mean, you, all that stuff with Dr. Strange would probably in the first half hour, he'll probably be casting that spell or whatever.
0: I, I would think that it's probably going to be about the 30 minute mark that we'll see him casting the spell. And from that point on in the trailer, that I, that's about all we know for sure. It, they, they gave us the first half hour of the movie very much condensed in this trailer but from the point of casting the spell and the spell going wrong, what we got from that point on in the trailer is, you know, relatively sparse. It's a lot of, you know, visual uh, slam bang, but it's moderately fit on story as far as the trailer we know that it's going to bring in the multiverse. We know that we're going to get aspects of other Spider-Man timelines coming into it, but they don't, they don't tell us exactly how, why, or what they're going to do to fix it. Have you guys seen free guy yet? I have. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I loved it. I liked it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let me, let me ask you a question. Do you play any MMOs?
3: Uh, no, not really. Okay.
2: That that is the one I mean, aspect I, yeah. of gaming I do know is is MMORPGs and I loved every minute of this movie. <laughs> yeah.
3: No, it was good. I, I I enjoyed it. Uh I just thought that it kind of rehashed some things from other movies, uh The Matrix and uh Ready Player One, you know, that but kind of stuff. It, better. it
2: did it I, I I mean Did it do it well, better? I think so. It, Okay. I liked it a whole I mean <laughs> I, I I enjoyed the book it did it funnier. Of Ready player one <laughs> <laughs> way more than I liked the movie. And while there were definitely similarities between Free Guy and Ready Player 1, I liked Free Guy a whole lot better. And I'll I'll <laughs> admit that Ryan Reynolds may be my newest man crush. I just he can do no wrong in my view.
0: <laughs> he can do no wrong as they continue giving him movies that are, you know, you know, Deadpool in this situation, Deadpool in that situation. He He's definitely worked himself into a, it's not a one note characterization that he carries from movie to movie, but he's not exactly exploring his full range.
2: Wait till you see this movie before you say that, because I disagree with what you with that in reference to Free Guy. Mm -hmm. Um, The Free Guy. If if I would um, first of all let John know that we're not talking about uh, Spider Man anymore. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I I I got it, Sean.
2: But I I halfway through the movie, I was like, this is the Lego movie makes the mate meets the Matrix. Yeah, and. I love both of those movies. So I was totally <laughs> fine with it. Um, you know, there, there were moments that my wife and I were laughing our asses off. Um, you know, we haven't been to the cinema since the rise of Skywalker. And I was totally fine with this being the first movie. We actually went to a cinema to see. And by the way, $10 for the two of us total. Thank you. Um. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought it was good. I, I like I said, I just uh, I just felt like it was just kind of rehashing some other things. It wasn't, and, and it's not necessarily that's bad because I mean, all just about every movie that comes out now rehashes something. But it just it didn't feel like what I thought it was going to be when I saw the trailer. I saw when I saw the trailer, I thought it was going to be something else. Really. Yeah,
2: I, I, I found it to be exactly what I thought it was going to be. But again, it it may just be because you know, like Ready Player One was all was was really leaning hard into video games that I never played, and so I enjoyed it. But it was kind of all right. I think I know what this. I I remember you know the arcade game. I, I watched the 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 the. What what did they call it when the, when it's not being actually played, but it it demo the the demo reels, you know, parts, but there were a lot of those games that I was never good enough at video games to play. Uh, free guy is all about MMOs and I have played a bunch of MMOs and I like playing MMOs because for the most part, you don't need to have a whole lot of hand eye coordination to play an MMO. Um, you know, it's more about the gameplay and less about. Being really good with, with combinations and stuff like that. You know, when Defender came out and it was more than one button and a joystick, I was screwed. (laughs) Um, but like City of Heroes or Never, uh, Neverwinter. Um, I've tried to play Star Trek Online several times. I don't know if it's just that my computer can't handle the controls or what, but I just, I can't, the, the, the controls are way too twitchy for me to play. Um, but I, you know, I played a lot of I never played world of Warcraft. Just, it just didn't interest me, but a lot, you know, I think Jen mentioned this last time that, you know, there are a lot of things where, where it's like YouTubers, gaming YouTubers are on and, and Mm -hmm. I didn't know them and I didn't find, I didn't find that that detracted from my enjoyment of the film at all. It was maybe one of those things where like, if you know who they are, ah, so-and-so's on the screen. Yay. But knowing, you know, just knowing that, you know, oh, these are, these are YouTubers who are always commenting on games. That was, that was all I needed to know. I I just, I found it a really fun, enjoyable, well put together, uh, film. And there were, there were, there were, there were a couple of genuine scenes where I was like, yes, cool. Great. Uh, I, I just thought, I thought they did it really well. All
3: right, y'all want to move into our uh, our main topic? Well, if we must. All right, so um,
0: <laughs> John refused to come back while the discussion of Free Guy was going on because he hasn't seen the movie yet. I tried telling him I haven't seen it either, so we're spoiler free. He said that's not good enough.
2: Yeah, he, he, <laughs> in, in, uh, okay, tell him we're done.
3: <laughs> All right, so there, there's a joke among uh, moviegoers that uh, by the time a a series gets to part three that it's no longer any good and that they, they tend to run out of steam and we can name films that have a terrible third installment all night long. But I thought tonight we would talk about some good movies that are a number three in their series. It it doesn't mean that it has to be the number three that is the best installment of the series. It doesn't have to be, the movie series that has the best number three, these are just good movies and they just happen to be the third installment in whatever series that they take place
2: in. So, um, and that was a very difficult bit of research. Let me just say, <laughs> <laughs> um, third movies that didn't suck.
3: <laughs> that's probably cause you didn't start researching until about an hour and a half before the, <laughs>
2: Hey, (laughs) just because that's
0: true, doesn't mean I don't resent. (laughs) Scott, what's the first one on your list? The first one on my list, I, I tried to go easy on myself by restricting my, um, uh, my research to only the film series that I have in my collection, which is still fairly extensive. Um, for anyone keeping score at home, uh, for anyone playing the home game, uh, my current um, uh, movie count in my personal library is 1,208. So it was still quite a few movies to go through, even with uh, cutting it down to just series. But the first one... Still on vacation, right? What's that?
2: Your girl, girlfriend's still on vacation. That's why you know that number.
0: No, it's because I clicked over to the open tab that has my media library in it, and I looked at the number. (laughs) She's home now. Thanks very much. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, So uh, I'll just start in what happens to be alphabetical order, but I'll switch it up as the show goes on. Um, If you take the Avengers just as the movies named Avengers and not as the MCU in total, then the third movie in the Avengers series is Infinity War,
3: mm-hmm.
0: especially when you compare it to their second movie, Infinity War is a solid movie. What was the second yeah. one? Age of Ultron. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so I the the script is better. The overall story and plot is better. Um, I think the. Uh, the characters and the performances are are more solid. They have a lot more uh, uh, built up background and mythology that they've built in this universe. Uh, by the time they get go into this film, and this is uh, when they took the Russo brothers from uh, directly from uh, Civil War, from you know the second and third Captain America films, and mm-hmm. they handed them the reins of the Avengers film. Uh, and the Russos, they know what they're doing when it comes to these Marvel movies. Um, and it definitely, uh, they, they prove themselves once again in an Infinity War. I, I really enjoyed it. I think I like Endgame even more. And th- this is true with, uh, Infinity War, I, I think to an extent. Um, even if some, You know, story elements don't quite work, even if there are some plot holes in Infinity War and Endgame. It's easier to overlook those because one of the things that the Russo brothers have proven to be very good at is building emotional moments and emotional beats, even though it's a comic book film, into moments that are going to make—they're either going to set the audience, you know, back in their chair— or make him stand up in the theater. I'll jump ahead to the fourth installment and say uh, the moment when uh, Mjolnir flies into Captain America's hand for the first time. People go nuts, and you still get goosebumps when you watch that scene. And if you don't, you're a liar.
2: I wept. <laughs> I literally
0: wept when that happened. They and it's not. It's not because Captain America is you know such a beloved character, and oh, he really is he really did prove himself worthy. Oh no. It's because of how they constructed the scene and how they pulled it all together. And it it all comes down to even, even the, even the sound design, the camera angles, the way that they construct the shot, the way it looks, the way it feels, they bring it all together to, to push all the right buttons in the audience's uh, emotions. As they're watching the film, they they play the audience very well, in, oh yeah, in, in, in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I'm talking about Endgame more than Infinity War, but it it still applies to Infinity War. It's a incredibly well put together movie.
2: Well, infinity Infinity War is that tees up Endgame perfectly.
3: Yeah, yeah. One thing I really do like about Infinity War is that. It's like part 18 of a series that really you need to have seen 10 movies to get the full effect of the movie. But if you haven't seen any of them, you can still enjoy it. You might be lost. You might have to lean over and ask a couple of questions of the person that you went to the theater with. But you can still get a lot of enjoyment out of that movie, even if you have never Seen any of the backstory before, Rick? What's the first one on your list?
2: Uh, the Harlem Globe Trotters on Gilligan's Island. You liar! I am totally.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that actually is the third Gilligan's Island movie, folks. Look it up; you'll be very sorry. Um... <laughs> I have seen it. I have seen that movie. <laughs> I probably have too. And, <laughs> um, no, uh, my my first entry to this because, you know, as I said, this was a difficult research because there aren't a lot of good third movies in series. Uh, you know, a, a show about third movies that were terrible, uh, would be, you know, we could do a, you know, a five part series on it. Um, however, one of my all time favorite films that I had no idea was part of a series until after I had seen it, which is one of the, the selling points of the film because a lot of times, you know, the third movie, like even with Infinity War, yes, you could probably come in cold on it, but you'd be you'd be lost in a lot of areas. You would you would need like you like Scott said, you'd need someone next to you going, All right, this was that and this was you know, that and he's dead and they're there and that's fine. Um Army of Darkness, which I believe anywhere other than the US was called Evil Dead Three. I had no idea it was part of the series. It just, the trailers looked wonderful. Uh, at that point, I really didn't know Bruce Campbell from Adam. Uh, mm-hmm. I hadn't seen any of the Evil Dead movies. Uh, and so it just, it just, you know, the, the trailers looked like it was a lot of fun. And so I saw Army of Darkness and it is still one of my all time favorite movies. Um, I have since seen Evil Dead one, which, you just want to go nice job guys. I appreciate the effort you put into it and the Play-Doh budget at the end of the movie must've been quite high, <laughs> but um, you know, it's, it's, you know, I've not, I have not seen evil dead Two, which I understand is just kind of a, a better remake of evil dead one anyway. So
0: it, it, it is a, a remake slash sequel um, with, I think what, what, I think is most fascinating about Evil Dead Two is it um, it really shows that halfway point between Evil Dead One, which was an earnestly made horror film. Mm-hmm. Army of Darkness is an earnestly made comedy with some eh, mildly horror elements in it. Evil Dead Two straddles the line between the two of them in every way, yeah uh in in story in production quality and in the uh, comedy horror balance. It, it really is remarkable how, how much it is a, a mix of the first and third movies.
2: Yeah. One of the most amazing things about army of darkness and even in, in the evil dead series. And I, I I did watch some of the, the, uh, the, the stars, Ash versus the evil dead tv show um ash is an absolute asshole and yet you root for him for some reason (laughs) (laughs) um but army of darkness if you're not familiar with the film uh it it picks up at the end of evil dead kind of sort of but you don't need to have seen evil dead to enjoy the film as i said i had no idea this was a part this was in any way attached to any other movie um Mm -hmm. He, 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 it starts off with him and his car falling through a hole and landing in like the 13th century, but it's like some sort of mythical 13th century that never really existed. (laughs) And he finds himself in the middle of a war between, you know, a couple of medieval kingdoms and accidentally, because he can't read, He can't say three words correctly. Uh, he ends up unleashing a, a, an evil across the land, which is actually him. I I don't want to go into too much more because if you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil because it, it, I mean, it's not exactly, there's a lot of twists and turns in the movie, but it's a lot of fun seeing it happen. This movie is fun. This movie is tons of fun. Um, and if you have seen it, you don't need me to go into any more detail. Uh, but there's, there's also, you need to get the DVD or the Blu-ray because the original ending is so much better than the ending that they put out in, in theaters. Yeah. Uh, and I, again, I don't want to, especially if you've only seen the cinema the, the, you know, the theatrical release, you really need to see the original ending because it, Ash totally gets what he has coming to him.
3: <laughs> yeah, I wonder what made Sam Raimi just decide. It's the same series, but th- these aren't horror movies anymore. It's just comedy you know. <laughs> I, and then knew, and then yeah. when they did the TV series, I mean, it was basically comedy.
2: Except, you know? Well, except. It was gross. Oh, yeah. It has some gross <laughs> horror
3: in it, but it was, but even the horror was funny <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: for ash versus the evil dead. I saw, I think most of the first season, I don't think I quite made it to the end of it. Not because it was bad. I just, I, I couldn't keep up with it because there's too much going on.
2: Yeah. I only saw like four
0: point. episodes, I think. And, and, um, just drifted but, away. Uh, one thing I recall was some really interesting creature designs in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know the name of any of the, um, uh, you know antagonists or or monsters that they were facing off against but there was i think there was one creature that it a more or less humanoid shape but did not have eyes but a big sharp toothy mouth yeah and the way they filmed that creature to make it look like it was constantly jittering at an incredibly fast oh yeah rate. that
2: was so, that was in like the the first or second episode that was really cool
0: yeah it, it was very early in the season but i just the, the way that they created that creature visually
2: mm-hmm. was
0: was fantastic. It makes me sometimes wish you know what go back and remake Army of Darkness exactly how you made it before, but just make it look this good. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, there there are some some of the, the the skeleton animations are like oh that is so a puppet.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of puppetry. There's a lot of uh, Harryhausen style stuff going yeah. on, and then there's a lot of you know what are clearly. Um, you know, extras or production staff in skeleton costumes,
1: <laughs> <Lurching around.
0: Yeah. laughs> which aren't exactly the best. Um, but, but high, high def does not do this movie any favor. <laughs> right, a, a, Exactly. Right. But um, where they, where they fell short of the mark when it comes to the deadites in our of darkness, they made up for it with the makeup job. On uh, It was actually Bruce Campbell as the, as the nemesis. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of makeup, yeah, and they did a great job with that.
2: It's a trick. Get an axe. <laughs> I mean, there, he's got. There are so many wonderful lines in the movie. It's 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 just awesome. I they, cannot they, cannot they, recommend this movie enough.
0: And they permeate pop culture in so many ways. I mean, you, you get multiple quotes from Ash in uh, in the Duke Nukem video game series. Oh really? Oh yeah. He he made those lines his own. You know, you got um, I, the character of Duke Nukem in the video games. He's a, a very macho very overbuffed um, uh misogynistic uh uh shoot 'em up action video game character mm-hmm. uh, and it's a bit meta he you know he knows how cool he is <laughs> um and when when as duke it's a first person shooter at least that's how the that series really really hit its stride in video games, and when you pick up a new weapon, he'll often say you know You'll, you'll hear him growl out groovy,
1: groovy <laughs> Hail to the
0: king, baby. Give me some sugar, baby. <laughs> I think he might say that at, at one point. Um, but yeah, th- those quotes made it everywhere because this movie, like you said, it was so much fun. And a lot of people, I, even, even when they put actual footage from the second movie in the prologue of army of darkness, to bring you up to speed on the story. You don't even necessarily pick up on the fact that there's a movie before this. You just think, Oh, they, they really you know, took their time to make some, some decent footage for these flashbacks. They're not flashbacks folks. It's actually footage from, from the second film. <laughs> yeah.
2: and, and I'm, and I'm, and, and I'm here to attest to that. I didn't, I never picked up on the fact that it was part of a series. Even with that, there is, there is a little bit of, you know, they never say, Last time on Evil Dead, but it, it essentially was. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 didn't. It was just kind of like, okay, this is why he's here, and because it is so irrelevant to everything that goes on in the movie, other than how did he end up in this physical spot right this second? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it has it has no bearing.
0: Yeah, well, because they, they had to at least introduce you to the concept of the Necronomicon about the. You know the 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 evil, and the, him cutting
2: his hand off. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. The the dead rising up. The fact that he is missing a hand, um, which
2: I thought was hilarious because he starts off and he's in one of those yokes where they where it's like around his neck and his hands and, and his yep. stump sticking through <laughs> it.
0: Yeah, he's got his wrist <laughs> wrist stumped through there. Um, but if we're we're saying a lot of good things about Army of Darkness and Rick, if you haven't watched Evil Dead Two. You know, I recommend it. Take the time and and give it It, a watch. It's
2: something I've always meant to. And I just, it's one of those movies that it's like, I always forget that I need to watch it.
0: Mm -hmm. It it grows beyond the first movie enough that it's worth the watch. It's not so much, it's not so much of a remake that you're going to feel like you're wasting your time. Um, in fact, it, it kind of, it kind of does what Army of Darkness does, which is it recaps the first movie. It retcons it at the same time. Hmm. but it gives you scenes at the beginning to kind of fill you in on what happened in the first movie. And then it kind of picks up from there. A lot of the same beats uh, are presented. um, And there are a lot of similarities in the story, but it is still presented as a sequel, even though they rewrite the first movie in that first 10 minutes. Um, They they excise two characters completely. Oh, okay. Well, not that any of
2: them were particularly right. Um, <laughs> but
0: they, they're they're completely kind out of existence. Um, and they pretend that it was just Ash and his girlfriend from the. Oh, beginning. Oh, really?
2: Okay. And and let and let me just say, if you have not read or or listened to, uh, Bruce Campbell's "If Chins Could Kill," it's his first memoir. Brilliant book.
3: <laughs> you got it? It, it's so worth reading. I'm gonna start with a hot take. Is it, this is obviously not the best in the series, but it's Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines.
2: I figured that might come up.
3: <laughs> it, it was definitely better. It was definitely not better than the two that came before it, but it was definitely better than the two that came after it.
2: Absolutely uh, agree with that. <laughs> people, I mean, people can
3: say what they want to about this movie, but I really, when I watched it, I really enjoyed it. The the second one is definitely my favorite one of the series, and I think that's the same for a lot of people.
2: But
0: well, it's was, objectively the best one of the series. So yeah, yeah, there was, some, there was there was some so fun. Disagree stuff. with that.
2: <laughs> it is not objectively the better one, the best one of the series. That's an opinion. It's objectively the best made movie of the series. I'll give you that. I, I will grant you that. Okay. <laughs> Production value. It's it's the best of the series. Um there's a great car
3: chase, there's robots, uh Christana, is it Kristana
2: Loken? Christiana um Christ-
3: Christiana Loken? Yeah, she uh yeah. she made a pretty pretty good bad girl. Uh Arnold wasn't wasn't bad. Uh the fact that it wasn't James Cameron making it was a big deal when it came out. Not so much anymore because now making continuations to series without the original uh, filmmaker is kind of common uh, for back then for something as big as Terminator and Terminator 2 were going on, going forward without James Cameron was kind of blasphemous, but, uh, but I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, did not enjoy the next two installments. I, I, I kind of like dark faith though. The last one that came out, but
2: mm, yeah. It was but, if it had been if, if if Dark Fate had happened twenty years ago, it I think it would have been a lot better.
0: Yeah, I, I don't regret watching it. Um but it it did have some of its own some of its own issues. Um and, and I, I I just checked it is Cristana Loken.
3: Yeah, cri- yeah. Kristana,
0: yeah who I like, I think she does, I think she does well in most of the things that she's at. It's hard to do well in a, um, in a Juve Bowl movie, but. Well, well,
2: she kind of did the same thing that, you know, like, like uh, the, the, the woman that played Ursa in Superman two, and I blanking on her name again, um, or uh, um, the, 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 uh, oh Sandal Bergman, after Conan the Dis- uh, Conan the, the Barbarian, where they like were red you. really? Uh, well, <laughs> I thought you were talking about red Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, the 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 girl that played Valeria. Oh okay. Um, um, you know they went on to do to star in far worse movies. And I think Kristana Loken did the same thing. She was in a couple of really terrible B-grade sci-fi movies after T3 and then just disappeared.
0: She downgraded to just, you know, smaller projects. I know she had a, a recurring role on uh, Burn Notice for like a season. Mm. So that's where, you know, that's where some people just go to make a few a few easy bucks. Is you go to USA and you do a few episodes <laughs> a series there. Um I think I want to say Dean Kane was on like two episodes of Burn Notice when her character was introduced oh, which makes it <laughs> hard to go back and watch because Dean Kane is a son of a bitch.
2: I didn't know he was, yeah I, I I I watched like one episode of Burn Notice and when I realized that Bruce Campbell wasn't the star I was like all right never mind.
0: <laughs> he he's in it enough though. I mean he's yeah he is a co-star. Yeah. But he's part of the main cast, and he's there for the entire series. I, I've watched the all seven seasons of Burn Notice like twice at least. Um, it, it's an enjoyable series. It's very formulaic, mm. uh, but but they still managed to to make it fun. The, the star of the show, Jeffrey Donovan, is uh, he's he's really entertaining. I like him. See, a lot. He
2: was, he was so white bread to me. It just didn't. He just, I I barely remember being in the show. But when I realized that that. You know, I thought it was a Bruce Willis or a Bruce Willis, Bruce Campbell show. Nah, no, nah. <laughs> um, you know, and then when I found out he was a recurring character, but this other dude was the main character. I was like, oh, I don't really care about him. So yeah. I,
0: stopped watching. I just know that Bruce Campbell is always there. OK, he's always there. He's, another I, it, he's not recurring character. He is a main character. He's just not the star he's not front and center uh but he's 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 the uh the best friend and trusted right hand of the star so he's he's always there part of that main group um he is what, what what's a good example he is well up until uh this most recent season uh he's more prominent than uh cisco is to the flash
1: Really?
2: Oh, okay. Okay. So, so Sean, let me ask you a question about term, the Terminator series. Okay. Which movie did you see first?
3: I saw the first one first, but it How was a uh, oh, shoot. I don't know. It was a TV version because
2: Oh, then you haven't seen Okay, then you didn't. You saw T2 in in theaters first?
3: No. No, I was still too young to watch R-rated films when Terminator 2 came out. Oh. Uh, yeah, I was only like 12, I think, when that first, okay. when that movie came out. Um, I, the first one that I saw in theaters, actually, you know what? I don't think I've seen any of the Terminator films in theaters. <laughs> I saw, Wait. I saw it because I saw this one like as soon as it came out on video, because by the time this came, this came out in like 2003 and I had two young kids at the time and mm. it, babysitters were hard to come by. So we, yeah. Going to the theater was not something we did often, so we just waited for everything coming on video uh but yeah, Terminator Two was the one that I watched that I just fell in love with and watched over and over and over and i like turn- I like the first Terminator movie, but I like Arnold as a good guy better than Arnold okay. as a bad guy
2: i mean i I will grant you t two is a far better produced had a much bigger, but it was, you know, at the time, the most expensive movie ever made, um, you know, but I love the Terminator. Uh, you know, I, you know, I saw it in the movie, at the movie theaters when it came out and I've, you know, I've watched it dozens of times. You know, I, I wouldn't say hundreds of times. Um, yes. Some of the effects are really bad because they didn't have the money. And, and the state of the art wasn't that great. But I think as if you, if, you know, it's, it's basically a, an independent film. Cameron, you know, his, his big claim to fame at that point was Piranha 2. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think that the Terminator, the, the, the first movie, the first Terminator movie is a masterpiece. Um, and while, yes, yeah, some of the, some of the, the, um, you know, the craft of it isn't as good as it could have been because they didn't have a whole lot of money. I think that there are moments in T2 where you kind of have to go, all right. In Terminator, there are none. I think Terminator is granting allowances for low budget, an almost perfect movie, in my opinion.
3: And yeah. And then, then there's the whole thing that, uh, Cameron stole the whole thing from Harlan Ellison. <laughs> I don't Harlan know if you ever heard Ellison
2: would sue anyone that did anything that was even remotely related, hey, similar the, to something he wrote.
3: The court <laughs> said that it was close enough that they had to give him a credit. Yeah. He had to be credited as a writer. In Have the, you ever seen for the, film. the Outer
2: Limits? Uh, uh, no, episode. I haven't seen it. The, the, the demon with the glass hand. I haven't seen it, No. All right. When I when I was doing ray guns and go go boots, um, we did the first season of the Outer Limits, and I watched that, knowing that Harlan Ellison sued them because he wrote that he he sued James Cameron because he wrote that episode, and he was saying that it had it was the Terminator was close to that. It's not. Uh, uh, <laughs> Take a breath. Take a breath. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to go into it. Uh, you know, I I really admired Harlan Ellison as an author um but sometimes But was, no one could have an original actor. idea other
0: than he other than him.
2: Yeah, if someone wrote anything that was even remotely similar to something he did, he would he would say that. I've seen I've seen the T2 director's cut John. Uh it's better, I agree. But y- yes, you're right, you're right. If they had left the whole reprogramming scene in, it would have made, it would have taken away a lot of the, the, um, a lot of my caveats on T2. Uh,
3: Scott, what's the next one on your list?
0: Um, I'm going to jump around a little bit. This one, um, all right, is if, if we're going with, uh, with hot takes, I'll go with one that uh, not everyone might agree with, but we're not talking about best and we're not talking about, um, you know, necessarily better than the others, but better than you would expect a third movie to be. Die Hard with a Vengeance.
3: That's on my list.
0: (laughs) I honestly don't know if I ever saw it. One of the things that I will definitely say for it right up front is that uh, I've not always held this opinion. Um, There's quite a while where I was not a fan of the third one, uh, you know, almost at all. Uh, Even though I did make my way to the theater to watch it. Um, But, you know, over the years, you look back on on Die Hard with a Vengeance, especially after watching the fourth movie and then making the conscious decision to never watch the fifth movie. <laughs> you start to appreciate the third one a little more. Um, now, the second Die Hard, it has its pluses and its minuses. In a lot of ways, it's not a great movie. But at the same time, it's a decently made action movie with Rennie Harlan uh directing. Uh and you know, he can pull off a, a good action movie if he wants to. Um so the there's planes
2: don't have ejecting seats. That was a cargo plane, wasn't
0: it? Mm-hmm. Every single time this movie comes up. <laughs>
2: we I know! Was a, I was an avionics tech on, a cargo, on cargo planes. I'm sorry. <laughs> they don't have ejector seats. You can't
3: swing from a fire hose either. <laughs> That's a, yeah, you can. That's an can action movie.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, you know, not a bad film. Um, I think if someone had written a a third installment for the Die Hard series mm. and, and have it with the intention from the beginning for it to be a third movie. I think it could have been even better. Uh, but it's, it, it's a, a well known piece of trivia for people who, who like that sort of thing that this movie was originally written as a standalone, um, uh, action crime thriller called Simon Says. Mm-hmm. And it was not intended to be part of the Die Hard series at all. It was um, it was retrofitted into being a third installment. Um,
3: but well, I, I, I mean, to be fair, every Die Hard movie that came out after Die Hard was written to be something else and got turned into a Die Hard movie.
0: Oh. <laughs> if, if that was the case with all four scripts that came after the first one, then that's news to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not that I necessarily thought they were all meant to be sequels, but I just didn't know that they weren't originally written as sequels.
3: I don't remember exactly what Die Hard Two was uh, supposed to be, but Die Hard Four was supposed to be a standalone film, and Die Hard uh, Live Free Die Hard No
0: Live, live Free or Die Hard is the fourth A good day, one. To, a to, a die good day, day to Die Hard. Die Hard is the fifth. Yeah,
3: one. and yeah, it was. Yeah, it was supposed to be something else and then got turned into a diehard movie and then got changed again because his son was supposed to be the bad guy originally. And then they changed it again because they didn't want to have him face off against his son and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, but yeah,
0: at that point in the franchise, I mean, who would really care? And I included Bruce Willis in that. Which, which, <laughs> which is the one that had, uh, Kevin Smith in it?
3: That was the fourth, the fourth one.
2: one. Okay.
3: He was only in like one scene, I yeah.
2: think. Yeah. Yeah, but he was in it.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well yeah. that was that was where Kevin Smith and Bruce Willis met and then eventually they fell
0: out. <laughs> yeah. Well, eventually they made cop out
3: and then yeah. they fell
0: out. I'm I'm pretty sure they fell out like maybe about twenty percent into the making of cop out, which I haven't watched. And
3: I have watched it. It's, and it's not a good movie, but the, the problem is Kevin, Kevin Smith should not direct things that he didn't write because mm -hmm. he's, his heart's not in it.
0: (laughs) And he also shouldn't direct Bruce Willis because Bruce Willis's heart isn't in it or in anything.
3: Bruce Willis's last, if you've noticed, like his last 10 movies have all been like direct to video. He hasn't come out with a theatrical movie. Since uh I think Death Wish,
2: I don't think he cares as long as he gets a paycheck. Yeah, no, he he, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't care. care.
3: But he's not. He's not trying to be a uh, like a movie star anymore. He's just a. He's a name that they, they they'll put in two scenes in a movie, and then he'll be on the poster. Yeah,
0: they'll for, they'll put his face front and center on that movie poster, even if yeah. he's only in the movie for ten minutes. Uh Hello, Cosmic Sin, which I haven't watched yet, but I haven't. <laughs>
2: Last thing I saw him in that I liked was Red.
0: That was that was a good movie. Uh, I mean, that movie is fun. Not because of
2: him. I just like right. I like the movie. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I love, like John. Well, Helen Mirren was what made the movie for me. I <laughs> like Mirren John Malkovich. John Malkovich. Yeah,
0: John Malkovich more than Bruce Willis. In that one. I haven't watched the second one. and I don't plan to. I watched the first one because I have the original comic book that the movie is based on. The comic book is really good. Um. But even the the comic itself, just that story, there's not enough story in it for for a two-hour movie. And that's the entire miniseries wouldn't fill a two-hour movie. But they stretched it out. They built it up so they could make a movie and then a sequel. That's stretching it too far. It really is, it, it, at its origin, a really simple, you know, one guy goes on a spree story.
2: Well, yeah, Helen really Mirren, John Malkovich, and um... – Morgan Freeman. That right there is enough to get me in the in the cinema. Um, you know, Willis was in it, fine, whatever. I I'm pretty sure I saw the second movie and I don't remember a whole lot about it. But the first one is so worth watching.
3: Mm-hmm. Um I wanted to tag on because Die Hard 3 was on my list too. I just wanted to uh I think Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson really played well off each other in the movie. But um And it has some really good action scenes. What I liked about it was that the first two movies are cop is stuck in a place. Cop is stuck in a building. Cop is stuck in an airport. This one was the entire city of New York. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and they're being sent on this, this game. And, um, New York was front and center in the movie, too, because a lot of times they'll say it's New York, but it's really Atlanta or it's Vancouver or something like that. This yeah. one, you could tell it was New York and you could tell that it took some it took some ingenuity to figure out how to do these big car chases on Fifth Avenue in New York. Because if you've ever been in that part of New York, it's wall to wall traffic, you know, and to shut it down to to film a movie. You know, even for an hour, is a big deal. You know, but and I, I know because they they filmed the Aaron Eckhart filmed a a movie in Birmingham a couple of years ago. Not a good movie. I can't remember the name of it now, but it was entirely it, entirely was filmed in Birmingham.
2: Two Face does Dallas.
3: It was, no, <laughs> it was, uh there was a lot of car chases. There was a lot of action scenes and they were all filmed in our downtown area. And I remember on the news, they would say, yeah, if you're coming downtown from this place to this place is going to be shut down all day. Don't even come down here because they're going to be filming a car chase right here today. So, and that would be for a week because it takes a long time to film those sequences and stuff. But yeah, and I, and it had Jeremy Irons in it. Uh, the Die hard three not there not Hard movie but um <laughs> as the villain and he was fantastic as well i think it, yeah. it it suffers from a lot of the tropes that uh 90s action movies do. but that's also part of its charm i like going back and watching 80s and 90s action movies because they feel so 80s and 90s i just watched the entire series of uh Beverly Hills cop a couple weeks ago <laughs> uh i hadn't seen him in forever and you know i went back and watched them um There's a there's a scene there's an uh, a scene that they cut out at the
0: end uh, oh, of the, the movie the, uh, the the alternate ending yeah they, yeah it wasn't yeah. that they that they cut it they replaced it because they changed it yeah yeah the theatrical ending has him killing and defeating the villain
3: yeah I and like
0: the, the, I like the original cut ending better
3: yeah the alternate ending had him uh basically it's like six months later and he he hunts him down. Bruce Willis hunts him or John McClane hunts him down to, uh, Paris or something like that. And I don't know if it's Italy or France or something like that and that finds him in this little, finds him in a cafe and has him play a game with a rocket launcher laying on the table. But the, uh, all the identification that would show which end is which has been taken off of it. So basically they're playing Russian roulette with a, with a, uh, rocket launcher and, uh, I see He'll the look face,
0: Rick, Don't think about it too hard. They skip over <laughs> the concept of backfire.
3: Oh yeah, well, the- no, he's a uh, he's he's wearing he. They explain it. He's wearing something. I don't. I don't remember. He's wearing like a some kind of flat
0: jacket or something. But
2: like no, it, it's just. I mean, it, it, trigger only points. To, no. This
0: is this is one <laughs> of those. You know, it starts out as a tube, and you pull it open, and the viewfinder oh, okay. pops up. And it's just yeah. a button on the top that you press to make it fire. But he, they say that he, you know, changed it up and did things in such a way that just from looking at it, you can't tell which is the front, and which is the back. It's not exactly a well thought out and well executed <laughs> okay. method of trying to kill the other guy.
3: Which is part of the reason why it got changed, I think. But
0: so. they, okay. they wanted to create a situation where the the at the end of the story, the bad guy gets away. John McClane gets fired. He is now no longer a cop. He's jobless. He's a broken man. He's got nothing left, nothing to lose. So on his own, he tracks down the bad guy and sits down and says, one of us is going to die. And they play a little game. He, he puts the bad guy through a little game of who's going to die. And, yeah, he was wearing some body armor because – he was going to make sure that one way or another, he was the one that, that lived, but he just wanted to screw with the bad guy before he, he killed him. And then he kills him and he gets to walk away, which would have been a nice end to the series. He but walks away saying, BKIA. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: armor? Ar- never mind.
0: <laughs> That's just you're stupid you're overthinking it, Rick.
2: No, I'm, I'm not overthinking it. Uh, they underthought it. <laughs>
3: They put as much thought into it as the average moviegoer would put into it
2: <laughs> for if a popcorn If you're using movie. a weapon that's designed to take out tanks, I don't care what <laughs> fucking body armor you're wearing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rick, what's the next one on your list? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the wrong person for these kind of movies. Um, okay. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That's also
3: on my list.
2: I knew it would be okay. Most of my, you know, army of darkness was my, 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 uh, my kind of the one that maybe I thought might no nobody else might've thought of it. The rest of these are all pretty much, I'm sure we all, you all have them. Um, cause like I said, third movies that aren't terrible are rare as hell. um, and a lot of these are just really blatant, but I think, you know, Last Crusade is old enough that, uh, you know, maybe a lot of people aren't aware of it or maybe saw Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and went, I don't need to see any more of this series. And, you know, that is, that is a crime. That is a, that is a, an injustice.
1: Yeah. That's definitely um, the worst
0: of the series to start on. Yeah.
2: Or watch. Uh, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark really took us all by surprise. George Lucas and Steven Spielberg in the eighties, uh, in you know, the late seventies and the eighties, revolutionized uh, movie making, and that cannot be un- that cannot be overstated. Um, and the 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 Indiana Jones series, even at its worst, <clears throat> which Crystal Skull is. No, all right, never mind. Now I'm I'm uh, ignore that. The the original the first three movies are wonderful. Temple of Doom not as much as the other two, but what we got was we got Raiders of the Lost Ark which totally took us by surprise. Uh you know, at the time we knew Harrison Ford as Han Solo. Uh we knew George Lucas as the guy that made star Wars, we knew Steven Spielberg is the guy that made jaws and the two of them working together was quite revolutionary. And then we heard Harrison Ford was starring in it and we were like all down for it. And then we, and then Raiders came out and I still, I I must've seen Raiders at least 14 times in the movies because again, you know, long before VCRs and stuff. So if you wanted to see a movie more than once, you had to go, go back to the movies. And this was also a time when movies would be in the cinemas for months if they were selling. And so Raiders was, you know, it wasn't there as long as star Wars was, but Raiders was there a good long time. And I saw it a bunch of times. Um, and it, you know, it never got boring. And then three years later, Temple of Doom came out. And for the original trilogy, Temple of Doom is not the best. Um, George Lucas had just gone through a painful divorce, and uh, Steven Spielberg hadn't learned to tell George no. <laughs> yet.
0: Did he ever learn to do yeah, that? All right, Crystal we'll Skull? <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, so, Temple of Doom has a, has a lot of issues uh but if you if you you know if, if you know where lucas was at that point it makes sense um and then three years later we get indiana jones in the last crusade and you know we had great movie not so great movie what is this going to be and while i have you know serious problems with Sean Connery as a person put it, casting him as Indie, Indiana's father was brilliant. And, uh, the, 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 and I can't remember the actor's name, the guy that played, uh, Donovan was brilliant. He was, he was not a mustache twirling, uh, you know, villain. He was, you know, it was one of those, Oh, he's the bad guy kind of didn't see that coming. Um, Alice in duty as Elsa, uh, was wonderful. The whole Holy grail thing made a lot of sense. Indie killing Nazis who has a problem with that. Um, <laughs> it just, it was a brilliant film. And while I don't want to say it was better than Raiders, I, I really, you know, they are so close I think Ra- Raiders will always be my favorite of the series because it was the first one. But last crusade is every bit as good as Raiders, but it only, it, it only takes a, a slight backseat to Raiders just because it's a sequel. And I just, I love the movie. I've never, I, I I own the box set. I've watched Raiders hundreds of times. I've watched last crusade hundreds of times. I don't, I can't remember the last time I watched temple of doom.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I bought the box set when it came out and I don't have any more cause I got rid of all my DVDs, but, <laughs> um, the, uh, the second one, I watched it when I brought home the box set cause I watched all of them. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the, but the other two, yeah. And my wife didn't even know that there was a third one. And I said, wait, you've never seen this movie. We're watching this right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like that they kind of, they kind of toned down. You can watch it with your family. I mean, there there is that part where the uh, the guy kind of turns into ash at the end or whatever. But uh, well, the
2: dude gets
0: his head cut off. The- <laughs> you know,
3: yeah, but you don't have the face melting that you have in the first one. You don't have the That's guy true, getting his yeah. heart yeah. torn out of his chest like you have in the second one. And
0: so you don't you don't see the separation of the head. You just see a head rolling out of the cave yeah. mouth, and it's not even bloody. It's just it, it's a mannequin head going for yeah. a roll is what it is. Yeah. Some of
3: the stuff that happens in, uh, Last Crusade kind of led into the, uh, the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Cause he had that whole sequence at the beginning with River Phoenix. Yep. Yeah. Uh, where he's playing the young Indy. And then, and then there's also a scene where Indy is like a little kid and they and he's talking to, Somebody that has Sean Connery's voice, but it doesn't have his face because they didn't want to make Sean Connery up to look young for that scene.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> you
3: know,
0: Greek. All you see is a hand writing in the book. You don't, right. you don't see a face at all.
3: <laughs> yeah, and then and then, but the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, I haven't seen it in, in decades. But that was a good show. I remember when I was a kid watching it. I never um,
2: watched it because I was I was always working when it was on at that point in time.
3: It's got to be available. So hold on a second. I'm what sure it
2: is. I just, I just, I just never. Because I'm
3: never, just thinking, I'd really like to go back and watch it now. It's
0: difficult uh, to get one's hands on it, and I think, I mean, I might be wrong, so don't necessarily take my word for it. But I think that most methods of of watching the show these days are going to have excised the uh, the framing device of old Indiana Jones. Hmm. Remembering a story, and then you flash back to the the adventure of the show. Then you jump back ahead to old Indiana Jones. You know, i like wearing a some old tweed jacket and an eye patch, walking around. It's like an octogenarian.
3: There's one season available on Paramount Plus, which I assume is the first season. I don't know how many seasons there were. I know that they made the series, and then the series got canceled, and they made three or four TV movies that kind of wrapped up what they had planned for the show or something. But my next one's going to be chasing Amy. Really? I, I was working
2: oh, good in, at a, all.
3: in a theater yeah. in the late nineties and uh, 97, I think is when this came out. I went to see this movie after my shift was over one night because it was the only thing that I hadn't seen. And I had never seen clerks. I had never seen mall rats. But I really enjoyed this movie, uh, which meant that I was kind of lost when Jay and Silent Bob came in. I didn't understand why <laughs> the other people in the theater were, were laughing. What's so fun- What's so funny about these two guys? <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, uh, I went back and I watched it again a few years ago because Sherry had never seen it, and it's still it's still a good movie. But I had a different experience because watching it as a How old was I? Probably late thirties. The last time I saw it, um, watching it at that age compared to watching it when I was 20 is different because you kind of see that it was written by somebody that thinks he's a, thinks he's, uh, trying to prove how good of a, a writer he's trying. Yeah. He's trying to prove how good of a writer he is. Uh, it's still some of Kevin Smith's best work, but go back and watch it and count how many monologues there are.
0: Oh, that's, every, that's
2: his, his,
0: every thing. <laughs> time they
3: talk to each other, one of them was speaking a monologue and then they will be answered in a monologue and I'm monologue, monologue, monologue. And I get it. You know, uh, I, why a, a young writer would be writing that way. Um, but I, I think that after he made that movie, his, uh, his Jersey movies kind of turned into parodies of themselves because, yeah, I mean, he made Jersey Girl, which wasn't really in that series.
0: That Dogma. Kind of Dogma.
3: Yeah, he made Dogma too. Yeah. Uh,
2: but Dogma was my first Kevin Smith movie
3: after Dogma. His next Jersey movie was, uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and which that was is kind different. of a. Did, yeah, it was, was kind of a parody night. of itself, you know, because Jay and Silent Bob are good side characters to bring in a couple of times in a movie. Not necessarily a good good characters to base your movie on. Uh, I'm sorry,
2: I love Jay and Silent Bob Strike. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I don't know why, Kev, I you know, Kevin Smith can get away with stuff I will never tolerate from any other director. And Jay and Silent Bob is one of the, it, it was also one of the the first movies my wife and I saw together when we were dating.
3: Well, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, I did not think was great.
0: Um, I I haven't even taken the time to watch it, and I don't see myself doing it. It's enjoyable. It's pretty recent, Rick.
3: No, I mean, that's the name of the movie, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. And it's about Jay and Silent Bob trying to stop a reboot of the Bluntman and Chronic movie.
2: Oh, I I didn't know that actually happened. I heard about it as as some as a concept i didn't know it actually got me oh
3: no yeah it happened and it, uh, it, and it's it, it's funny if you are a fan of those movies then you'll enjoy it but that's pretty much what it is it's just a bunch of jokes for the people that love those movies uh clerks 2 was a good movie you know um i thought but anyway Yeah, it
0: was fun but that's you, not you guys know that the third one is in production
3: right yeah yeah,
0: I'm not yeah. thrilled. Yeah, they just started <laughs> shooting.
3: Yeah, they just started
0: shooting. I'm I'm interested I'm interested to see what he does with it. The Saving Grace of Clerks
2: 2 Clerks 2 was Rosario Dawson because you know, I I I saw Dogma like I said Dogma was the first Kevin Smith movie I ever saw and I loved it. Yeah, not the best. And then start. I went back and I watched the others. Clerks has its moments, but it's very clearly, you know, all, you know, uh, just a, a half a step below what you know a college film study student would do. Um, well, that's what it was. Yeah, and he was it's, like, it's, he was
3: actually a college dropout.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, I yeah, I, I I know all the stories of you know of, of how it was made. Um, Mallrats is a piece of shit. I'm sorry. It, it, there are there are a few moments in it that are fun, but Mallrats is a crappy movie. Um, Chasing Amy is. I I I enjoyed it, but it's not something I can rewatch. And I, you know, there's that moment towards you know towards the end where Ben Affleck's character goes, "Hey, let's," and you're like, "Don't you? Don't?" And he says it, yeah, (laughs) and you're like, "No." And I I appreciated what Smith was going for with chasing Amy. And I love Jolie Lawrence. I wish she would had gotten more work. Um, And I, I like Ben Affleck. I'm, you know, I I am unapologetically a fan of Ben Affleck. But it's a, you know, it, it you can. Oh, see you don't
3: apologize for that.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, you can see Smith developing as a writer with each movie. You know, rats was was you know one one a little, you know, almost porkies.
0: (laughs) Because it's what the studio wanted that
2: I know. And yeah. And and, it
0: turned out the way he did because of the studio. not not because of Smith.
2: Yeah. Um, and I think, I think dogma was his peak. I think dogma was a work of genius, but even that it's still, like you said, monologue, 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 monologue.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of monologues in chasing Amy. And it was, Pretty clear that after Rats, he was working very hard to to prove himself. He was writing like a guy with with talent to prove, mm-hmm. um, and at the same time, rather like Ben Affleck's character does at the end of the movie, Kevin Smith was telling a story that he had a personal connection to. So he was he was trying very hard in that script, and it shows
3: he was kind of on the edge because mall rats didn't do well. Mm -hmm. And that was his first studio film. You know, he made, he made clerks all by himself Mm -hmm. and it was successful, you know, and uh, successful enough that they gave him studio money to make mall rats. And then it failed. So he was kind of on the edge of chasing Amy. Didn't do well. He might not be a filmmaker anymore. at least not a studio filmmaker, not one that's got that, that kind of money behind him. Uh, now, but now he's at the point he doesn't care about studio money. He can come up with he can come up with money if he wants it. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. He he just he skips the studios altogether. He'll make the movie and then just tour it around the country himself, do Q and As, and do small theater releases, and and then you know go home for the day. Uh, he started that with Red State, which was a massive departure for him style wise. But I yeah. enjoyed. It. I thought he did a good job. Yeah. I but, never saw
2: that. I, I I wasn't sure if I yeah, I haven't seen it.
0: It's it, it's not for everyone. It's definitely, you know, a a hard turn. Yeah. For him. It uh, was but,
3: it was a hard watch for me. Yeah. yeah it, <laughs> growing up in the religious south, it was <laughs> yeah, it was a hard watch.
2: And then Tusk had no desire to see.
3: <laughs> well, he started writing movies while he was high. and And then (laughs) making them while he was high but he made a movie I can't remember the name of the guy that's in it because I talked to him because I hosted the (laughs) Walking Dead panel a couple years ago at Magic City Con and he was on that panel and he made a movie called Kilroy Was Here but it hasn't come out yet it was supposed to come out like three years ago and it hasn't come out yet and now Kevin Smith's talking about selling it as an NFT or something like that. It's like,
2: oh, Jesus. just put
3: the movie out. I mean, it's done. I mean, he was talking about the guy was talking about the costume that he had to wear for it and everything. The thing wrapped filming in like 2018, and they still haven't released it. So, I I,
0: I feel I feel like such an old person because I still can't wrap my brain around the concept of I can't an NFT. No I one try to explain it to me. I don't want to know. I just yeah. don't understand it, and I don't get it. One it's thing stupid. I will say. One thing I will say is, Rick, I'm sorry. It, it's it been nagging at me since you said it. Joey Lawrence was the was the boy from Blossom who got famous for saying... No. yeah." Joey Lauren jo- Adams. I said, oh, Joey
2: Adams. All right, you're right, you're right. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, not Julie, Joey. Joey Lauren jo- Adams.
0: Joey? Joey.
3: Joey, J-O-E-Y. It's
0: not Joey? Joey. Yeah. Okay. There's a Jolie Richardson. But the girl from Chasing Amy is Joey Lauren Adams. Oh,
2: that's thought Okay,
0: damn for mine. Um, I just i I got stuck picturing you know Chasing Amy with you know Ben Affleck uh, saying, <laughs> <laughs> "We can, we we do this together, and then nothing can stop us." Whoa.
3: <laughs> it just made me chuckle <laughs> I don't think Rick's ever seen an episode of Blossom <laughs> He was also the little boy on
2: Gimme a Break
3: Oh wow You're not yeah. doing much better here <laughs> Alright uh, let's do one more Scott what's your next one
0: um, Well this is one I'm, I'm assuming That this is on your guys list as well But I'm going to go ahead and steal it And that would be uh, obviously be um, uh matrix revolutions. Just kidding. It's a joke. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So, um, all right. Like I did last time, I'm going to throw out uh, three options. You guys pick which one you want to talk about. Um, because I, I'm, I'm just a maniac like this. Um, one would either be uh directorial debut of J.J. Abrams' Mission Impossible 3, third film in the Muppets uh, cinematic series, which is Muppets Take Manhattan, or if you're only looking at movies that center on Wolverine, the third one is Logan.
3: I'll let Rick pick. Logan. It's a Rick pick.
2: Because I haven't seen the other two.
0: You haven't seen Mission Impossible 3? Have you seen any Mission Impossible movies? He
3: hates them after the first one. He hates them.
0: I saw the first one.
2: And as as I have is that's right um, because of what they did to,
0: what they did to the legacy of the TV series exactly. Understandable. So
2: I, haven't seen, I haven't seen another one since. but I am um, surprised I
3: you haven't seen them up at State Manhattan.
2: I don't know why I didn't see that. I think it it was just the timing when it came out. I think I was I was just too busy. Um, you know most of the eighties and 90s, I was working uh, and I I had to be very particular about what I would get, get to go see in the movies. Uh, you know, when you're working in the theater, when you're working as a stagehand, you only have Monday nights off. <laughs> so sure enough. Uh, yeah. So I, I had to be very particular and, you know, I, I, it wasn't a matter of, Oh God, another Muppets movie. I think it was just a matter of, I don't have time to see it.
0: I think with the the fact that the, the plot of the movie is the Muppets are trying to get their stage show. On Broadway, mm. that coupled with the time that it came out, which means that the that movie's cameo game is going to be right up your alley. Yeah,
2: yeah. It, um, it also came out, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong. This was this was late '80s, early '90s, right? I think it was late '80s. Let
3: me. Yeah. Let me Wait a minute, mean, you talking about Muppets in Manhattan?
2: Yeah. yeah. No, this was
3: like 1984. I can look that up and make sure, but I think that was,
2: okay. Then I was, I was in college. I didn't, you know, uh, 84. Yeah. Really? Okay. So that that was right at that point where I had just graduated from high school. I was in college. I was, uh, you know, too old for kids things and too young to realize there's no such thing as too old for kids things. So, uh, it was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not
3: going to be too young me. to realize that the Muppets aren't really <laughs> aren't really poor kids. Well,
2: <laughs> but, but you know it. It, um, it was 1985 or six when I was uh, I had I due to things that I barely remember and, and are utterly boring. I had to take a couple of years off between graduating high school and and starting college. Uh, well, I started college and then I had to stop and, and, um, I got back into, uh, into school around 85, 86. And, uh, a guy that I, that was a member of the theater department, Chuck Bissell, great dude. He was, he looked like, uh, Fred from Scooby Doo, (laughs) but he was a big kid. And, uh, we were, Prop shopping for a show Don't ask me which show it was But we were in a Toys R Us And we were looking for things And I remember looking at something It was like an electric car or something And I was like Why didn't they have stuff like that when I was a kid And I think He's like maybe one or two years older than me And he looks at me And he says What's stopping you from getting it now And that one sentence <laughs> rocked my universe. And and I was like, Holy shit, you're right. And then I started watching cartoons again and my, my friend Jeff and I would get high as <laughs> and watch Sesame Street or Buck <laughs> Street. <laughs> and, and and it but there was high this as hell, ball.
0: high as balls.
2: High <laughs> as- <laughs> um but, you know, there was there was this this period where I was and, and I that this is how I describe it. I was too old to watch for these kid things, but too young to realize that there's no such thing as too old for these things. And, you know, I laud Chuck to this day. I haven't talked to him in years. I, he was on Facebook for a little while, you know, like 10 years ago, and then he disappeared again. Um, but that one the, the, and it wasn't even necessarily the words, it was the incredulity on his face when he looked at me and he was like, the hell is wrong with you? If you like it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think, that, you know, that was that was right in that, the opposite of sweet spot where I was, I, I, I you know that was beneath me. And then I just, you know, never got back to it.
0: So that is why Logan is a really great third installment. Yeah, well, in Logan's an amazing
2: movie. movie. Yes. And, and I, you know, uh, uh, it's <laughs> rough. It's, you know, it's some of Patrick Stewart and and uh, and um, huge Jackman. uh, Hugh Jackman's best work, <laughs> and I totally held it together until she called him Daddy at the end, and then I just freaking lost it.
3: It was weird when they came out with it because obviously it's not in the really in the same continuity with the rest of the X Men movies. Like it's, I don't know if you would call it like another universe or something, but using the same actors and all of that. See, when when I saw it. I didn't really know my, you know, my brain wants to put everything in its own little category or whatever. And that didn't belong anywhere, but it was so good. Um, those, those first, uh, scenes when Logan gets into a fight and he's actually using his claws the way you would think that he would use his claws in real life. And they had never really let him do that in the, in the, in the X-Men movies and stuff. You don't see a lot of people getting impaled through the skull and things like that (laughs) going R rated with it was a, it was a good choice and it was just a completely different take. And and I think it changed, it changed superhero movies because I mean, even though MCU movies and stuff are, 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 are not hardcore like that. There's been a lot more R rated superhero movies that have come out since then, you know? And, uh, so I think it really changed the landscape of comic book movies.
0: It was, even though it is a notably kind of grim and depressing movie in a lot of ways, it was still in a way refreshing, um, uh, partly to see a movie, uh, especially with a character who has, he's been portrayed as capable of, uh, of significant savagery. And that's even just looking at the movies and not looking at the comic book origins. Um, they keep most of the X-Men and Wolverine movies at a PG 13 level up to this point. So there's only so savage that he can get, but in X2, he definitely has a, a, a wonderful scene where he tears through the mansion and takes out a lot of bad guys and, and like for real takes them out. Um, So you know that he's capable of that sort of thing.
2: Except it it always bothered me that, you know, he was slashing people left and right and there was never any blood.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's a conceit of PG-13 movies where they decide, we'll just depict this as, well, you can't see the blood because it's dark or it's under (laughs) their clothes or it's, you know, for whatever reason, it's just not overly bloody. But then, you know, other movies someone gets you know poked in the arm with you know just like one knife, and they're gushing all <laughs> over the place. On the other end of that, you get a scene where he can put six claws through a guy's chest, pull it out, and then you see six holes in the steel refrigerator behind him, and they choose not to put a whole lot of blood in there. It still gets the point across, it's just less
2: graphic. <laughs> and I'm fine
0: with that. Nice. Um, but then we get to Logan, and the the violence they show us is it it's visceral. It's incredibly savage. And for people who have been watching that character in all the movies previous, and especially for the people who watched all the movies and knew the character from the comics, we finally get to see him as the character has been known to say, being the best at what he does. I'm the best I I'm, I'm the best there is at what I do and what I do isn't very nice. And that is, uh, Killing the hell out of some people, a lot. Um, you get you get bad language. Uh, you get uh, you get a pair of boobies in there because you know what's an R rated movie without boobies in America. Um, and I don't remember the boobies, but okay. <laughs> just one very brief glimpse in the beginning. I recall it because I was a stepdad at the time, and when uh, my wife and I saw it in the theaters, we didn't take the kiddo. To see in the theaters, but as we were watching it, we were—they're just a part of the both of us was, was watching it with a mind toward can he watch this, and, mm. or when can he watch this? So when Logan is driving the limo and he has a bachelorette party in the back seat, and the bachelorette shouts out, "Hey driver, drive these or whatever," it is she says. Mm. She pulls her dress on for a second. You you get a glimpse of the pair, and then that's it but you have an hour rating, so why not throw that in there if you can? Um, mm-hmm. as, as far as I recall, it was Wolverine and uh, Professor X, and those were the only two characters from the previous films that show up. They talk about the X-Men a lot, but they're all dead at this point. Yeah. So there are no uh, carryover actors. I think the character that um, Stephen Merchant plays, I think the character showed up in like Age of Apocalypse, I think he was in it for a, for a minute. Um, and I think it was played by someone else. Uh, but it didn't really matter. Uh, you look at this movie as a possible alternate future for the series uh, leading up to it. And it is, it's really a great time. It's a well-put-together film. Uh, much more emotional than anyone would expect a comic book movie to be. And still leaving themselves room if they wanted to make more movies and they could follow different characters. Uh, But a, a shockingly uh, sad and depressing end to, I'm not worried about spoilers to uh, Patrick Stewart's Professor X.
2: Oh, but a very, a very plausible one. Yeah. The whole thing, the whole thing worked because, you know, again, this, this is a movie full of stuff that if it wasn't X-Men, I would never have watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's incredibly well-performed, well-written. uh And, you know, it's, it's one of those movies that I, I classify as I'm so glad I saw it. I'll never watch it again.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, uh, previous filmmakers had all tried to turn uh every X-Men X. Yeah. X, yeah every film in the X-Men series into a blockbuster. It started with the first one and it carried through with every subsequent film. It had to be a tent pole. It had to be huge. It had to be a spectacle. This one, James Mangold was able to take a character that we had seen in so many, you know, blockbuster comic book movies. And he took the time, the effort and the care to make not a comic book movie, not a superhero movie, but a damn fine movie,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. In and of itself, by coincidence, it's part of a superhero movie series. But for this movie, by the time you get to the end of it, it couldn't matter less where it came from.
2: Yeah, yeah. All and right, keep, keep a box of tissues, Andy.
0: <laughs> Rick, uh, what you got?
2: As long as we're talking comic book movies, I want to mention. I meant I want to mention this one because. Uh, it was the only one of the series that I think is actually worth watching. I do think this is the best one. Uh, All right. That's a little extreme. Not worth watching. I think this is the best of the series and it's Thor Ragnarok.
0: Okay. If you Um, were going to say Spider-Man three, I was going to quit the podcast.
2: No, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like the character of Thor. I have been, I have said for two, I said for two movies, that thor is a is a fun character. He's a much better supporting character than uh, you know, than being the 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 lead, being the main the main movie. I thought Thor and Thor the Dark World were at best not boring. Um <laughs> I I just they just didn't work for me. I mean, they weren't. It, it wasn't like it was painful to watch it. Well, all right, the Dark World wasn't. <laughs> okay, that was yeah, bad I was movie, just sorry.
0: I was just waiting for you to give in and finally admit it. That's yeah, Dark World, not was a great terrible. movie. That, it's um, quite possibly the the nadir for the MCU to date.
2: Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. And and it you know it's it's not Hemsworth's fault at all. I I enjoy his performances, Thor. I just up until Ragnarok didn't think that Thor was a character that worked as a main, as the main character in a movie. And then Ragnarok just blew me away. It was so much fun with the caveat, the stuff on in, in the gaming world or whatever the hell that was called, um, was the fun part everything on Asgard was every bit as boring as every other Thor movie. And I'm sorry. I loved Cate Blanchett as hell or Hela. Um, but that whole, that whole thing was just meh. Although the opening with him fighting that demon and finally using the immigrant song <laughs> was brilliant. Uh, why it took him three movies to, to do that. I don't know. Um, I, I, I just, I love that whole, the, the whole arena, the games. Hey, I know that guy from work. I, it was so much fun. And finally, just kind of unclenched Thor and pulled the stick out. Because up until that point, Thor was basically the wharf of the MCU. <laughs> and that re, that re, defined Thor. Ragnarok redefined Thor into the character now that we're seeing in Endgame in, in and, and Civil War and and presumably the the new uh, uh Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Um, so I, I am totally and the new down Thor movie. with Thor now.
0: Hmm? And the new Thor movie that's coming up. Is he in it? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. He's
0: I okay. mean he's Thor.
2: Well yeah but, <laughs> but Natalie Portman is being Thor in that one, right? Well, there's going to be a
3: handle. Yeah, she's um, oh, okay. But you know, there's there's going to be a. I don't know for sure that Hemsworth is in the next Guardians movie. There's supposed to be a there's supposed to be a Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special or holiday special <laughs> coming out.
0: <laughs> yeah, on Disney yeah,
3: Plus. I'm am wondering if they're going to do use that to kind of explain why he leaves or something like that. Because I don't imagine he'll be in that. The rest of them are supposed to be in it.
0: In the holiday special, I doubt he's going to be in that. But all reports and all indications that I've seen are that he is going to be uh, in the next, in in Volume 3 of Guardians of the Galaxy. Does that mean he's going to stay with the group for all subsequent films? I don't know. Not necessarily. But as far as I know, he is in uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, he's got his long hair back again. Um, I assume it's going to be you know, him holding on to Stormbreaker and it's, and they're going to pass Mjolnir to, uh, Natalie Portman's Jane. And then they can continue that series with her and then he can quietly depart Thor, Love and Thunder and head towards, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which we have been told by James Gunn will not be titled as Guardians of the Galaxy.
3: Uh, okay, before I do my last one, John says that he likes, uh, he thinks Iron Man 3 is underrated. He likes Toy Story 3, Kung Fu Panda 3, Star Trek Beyond, Men in Black 3, and Bill and Ted Face the Music. And he also said that's a power that, uh, number threes have that many trilogies don't use to this effect. The character has actually changed and evolved over time, and that's reflected in the franchise moving forward he's talking about Thor Ragnarok.
1: So. Yeah. yeah.
0: Which it, it it definitely did. And I give a, a lot of that credit, I give to Taika Waititi.
1: Yeah.
0: Who did a fantastic job directing Thor Ragnarok, making it night and day difference from the first two movies. Uh, and not just in its tone of, of injecting a lot of comedy into the movie, but the visual style of Thor Ragnarok. I love it. Mm-hmm. It looks like, fantastic. Oh, the The play that he does with colors all throughout the film is fantastic. Plus, Taika Waititi has uh, what is bar none my favorite line in in probably like the entire Thor trilogy, certainly in Thor Ragnarok, which is as um, uh, the illusion of Loki is sitting on the floor in that hallway, and Thor is talking to him, and then I can't remember the the name of his Korg.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Take his character runs on, uh, uh, runs into frame from off camera, kicks the wall and said, piss off ghost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Freaking laughs> <gone. laughs>
2: By the way, Taika Waititi is in free guy. If you didn't know.
0: Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. the villain. I think. Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And he's, he's, fantastic. Also in the Suicide Squad. That guy's everywhere. Yeah, Yeah. and
2: and not in a bad way. Mm
0: (laughs) All right,
3: the last one that I'll do, and I'll do this uh, quickly. We've got uh, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Um, I'm not going to say that I love... It's not the best movie in the series, obviously, but I remember sitting in the theater and really enjoying this movie. It had a lot of stuff that I loved from the other two movies. It didn't feel like the jokes were played out yet, but, uh, and I, I mean, I really like the fourth one too, but you know, I, I think that, um, this one suffers a little bit from the series being a little bit episodic. So you can't really come into at world's end, not having seen the other two and be able to follow anything. Yeah. Uh, it's,
0: it's absolutely not its own movie.
3: Yeah, it, it, it picks... Up. Now, the fourth one, I think you can because it's kind of starting a new story, but I think the series overall is really good, and Disney really did a good job of creating something original when they came out with that because we all say all the time, nobody's doing anything original anymore, but Pirates of the Caribbean was pretty original when it came out, and uh and they've got four movies under their belt. Now, it's kind of sad that they're probably not going to be 5 They made 5 movies? Are you sure? I thought they made I thought the wasn't the last one the um
0: um Curse of the Black Pearl, um Dead Man's Chest, At World's End, On Stranger Tides, Dead Men Tell No Tales.
3: That's right. I forgot about the Dead Men Tell No Tales, okay. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of sad that we're not going to have any more. It, it doesn't look like anyway. At least not, not the way that they were.
0: <laughs> if, if, if they try to make more, they're either going to recast the same role with a different actor, or they're going to create a new character to carry on the series. Either way, it won't succeed.
3: Yeah, I enjoy I enjoy the pirates movies uh, for the most part, and uh,
0: like that's all.
3: Earth, I, that's all I've got to say about that. I I honestly
2: don't remember what the third one was about.
3: It was, I mean, it was basically a continuation. It was, it was wrapping up the storyline from those first two movies.
2: Was that the one where, where after Johnny Depp had been eaten by the Kraken and then,
0: no, he he was eaten by the Kraken at the end of the second one. And then at the beginning of the third one, they went to go find him and bring him back to the land of the living.
3: Yeah. And then they had a big bat- battle with, like, the Indian Trading... What's it called? The Indian Trading Company or something like that? The East, yeah. Indian, India, East, India, East India, India, yeah. India
0: Trading Company. Yeah. For, for people who have seen at least the, the trilogy, if not all five of them, uh, just one time, like, closer to when they came out, I would not blame a single person for getting the second movie and the third movie mixed together and just assume that was the second one and think that they hadn't seen the third one.
2: Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I You know, I... I loved the first one quite unexpectedly. And, Mm. you know, if you, if you've heard about how the first one was made, it's a miracle that it's a miracle that it's decent, let alone being as good as it is, because they were literally writing it as they were filming it. Um, (laughs) It had no business being as good as it was. Uh, The second one, you know, the second one, was okay. That was the one with all of the the Davy Jones people, right? And and Bill Nye is Davy Jones. Mm-hmm.
3: And yes, yeah, also also, also the third he one. was in the third one too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> but you know, I remember very little about the third one, and that doesn't that doesn't mean it was bad.
0: I mean, yeah, I it's not. It's I, just more of the second one. What you get in the third one is you get Chow Yun okay. Fat. Okay.
3: Yeah, it's just, uh, like I said, it's just a good movie that happens to be a number three in a series, but it's, uh, but it, but it's, I put it last because the caveat that you have to watch the whole series to know what in the hell's going on in that movie. So, Mm -hmm.
2: and then they got just progressively less memorable. Um, you know, the one with the mermaids and, and,
0: uh, that was the fourth one.
2: Yeah and, and I don't know if I
0: even saw the fifth one. Um the fifth one has has uh, Javier Bardem as the as the villain.
3: Yeah, yeah. The fourth one had like the voodoo lady in it or something. Yeah,
2: like I, re- that. I remember I, I remember her. Wasn't that that wasn't um Zoe Saldana, was it?
3: No, it was oh. uh the woman from Westworld. What's her name?
0: Oh, 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 oh. Uh Dandy Newton. Sandy, Sandy yeah, Tandy Newton. Newton. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. her.
2: They they just got progressively progressively less interesting. Because you know, we we'd seen the, the Johnny Depp Keith Richards thing, and then they Keith Richards in, which was way less interesting than I ever expected it to be. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah, they, I mean that that's just a thing with film series. I mean, the the longer you keep making the movies, they you're gonna you're gonna run out of steam. So, yeah, I'm surprised that I'm surprised that they continued to make a series and have the same actors playing the characters for that long. Because usually they've recast by then. You know, by the time the fifth movie comes out, it's usually complete a completely different cast. Yeah, unless well, you're not you're not gonna like do that. a
2: pirates movie without Johnny Depp. I wouldn't Although, put it past them. They might. I think they're they, they're there's all, every year there's a rumor that they're gonna do it. Um, but like Orlando Bloom did, did the, 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 uh, the, the Lord of the Rings movies and then not much else. So it was like, all right, he's probably still wants to work. Kira Knightley is just Keira Knightley and I'll, you know, I'll watch her do anything.
3: You know, just because the act, actors make things that you don't watch, does it mean that they're not making things?
1: Well, what? All right, what what else has Orlando Bloom been doing?
3: I don't know, but I'm sure he's doing something. He said he didn't. He didn't do much else.
2: Let yeah, me I look him up. A couple of movies, but I, you know. Um. All right, all right. Let me, let me put it this way: you do the Lord of the Rings movies, and then you show up in. Pirates of the Caribbean five. That's not a that's not saying you've been really busy.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's a. Uh, oh, he's got a movie coming out this year called Needle in a Time Stack. I don't know what it what it is. Uh, he's been doing some television too. Oh yeah, that's what he's been doing. He's got a he's he's got, he's got a main role in that show Carnival Row on Showtime, I think. Showtime or Stars or something like that.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I haven't watched it, but he's one of the, the main movies,
3: characters on that. Yeah. Now
0: that you mentioned the title, I remember seeing that he was in it. Yeah. All right. And, and speaking of Lord of the Rings, that's an honorable mention. That's a third that movie. Was the that top was top of my list. Here.
2: But I was like, you know, I, I really have trouble just like the book because Tolkien wrote the Lord of the Rings trilogy as one book and the publishers went, we can never sell this as one book. Mm-hmm. And so just arbitrarily split it up into three. Yeah. And that's kind of the same thing with the movie. The movies were all shot as one film and then they were released as three.
3: I would never be able to sit through a movie that long, a nine hour movie. No, mm. there's no way. I know <laughs> people do that. I know people do the, the whole, uh, let's do a marathon of Lord of the Rings. I, I sat through the Batman trilogy and that's about as far or the dark Knight trilogy. That's about as far as I can go. Um,
0: movie marathons these days are tough. Yeah. They're, they're tough to pull off, which makes me wonder why I conceived like just earlier this week of, um, of a podcast series. That would be a Patreon special, like maybe once a month. Uh, and I would find local friends to do this. I wouldn't ask you guys to do it but to watch like an entire film series like over a weekend and then record a podcast episode that discusses the whole the the whole film series.
3: Yeah, I I'm, I'm I'm lucky to I mean I I, I look at run times now cuz
0: <laughs>
3: I'm like 3 hours, I don't know if I'm going to Watch the mo- this movie. I movie
0: not short shows. I still have eight minutes left on the most recent "What If," and I had to stop so I could come and do the show.
3: I'll watch it over two nights. Yeah, like uh, when uh, uh, when the Justice League uh, Z- Snyder cut came out, that was two nights for me. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't it was watching that. It. I wasn't I, watching that in one night.
0: I pushed through that that one all all in one go. I, I made I cleared my day so I could yeah. sit down and watch it in one sitting because I didn't want to try and split that one up.
3: Alright everybody, we are approaching the end of this podcast and this is when I invite you to go check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash infinite potato. We have a lot of great stuff to offer you over there. Uh, early access to episodes, special movie reviews we do every month. Uh, you can join for $3 a month. If you join for 5 or $10 a month, you will become a producer for the show. Such as our producers, Bullet Bengal, Tom Corcoran, Dale Goodall, Jeff Hughes. Brandon Ushio, we thank you for your donation, and uh, that helps us pay for things like Streamyard that we're streaming to you right now. Even though John's the only one watching, <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, but the but the recording will still be available on Facebook, and uh, eventually, eventually, I'll get it down on YouTube when I get time. But um, you know, there
2: there is a, a subscription level where one of us will write a book where you are the starring character.
3: <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a short book. But (laughs) all right, Scott, let everybody know where they can find you.
0: Uh, People can find me in various places on this very network, uh, including uh, this show, that Star Trek podcast. My legacy uh, remains on the prime direction. You can listen to old episodes where I used to host and coming soon. Excuse me. You can hear me on the currently in pre-production podcast series. I'd watch that for a dollar where I sit down with a rotating panel of guests, including my cat, apparently. Uh, but, oh, my God. You...
3: He wants to be on mic.
0: She 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 really wants me to stop podcasting and get the food. Yeah. Um... <laughs>
2: Those of y'all that can't see this, she is she is doing the, the, the kitty cheek rub thing on, on Scott's microphone. <laughs> and it's
0: adorable as hell. <laughs> Are you done? you finished? Did you get enough? Um, where I sit down with a... <laughs> with, with, with a rotating panel of guests and discuss uh, DVDs and Blu-rays that I have purchased at my local dollar store. Um, a few episodes have already been recorded. Coming up soon will be an episode with... My uh, esteemed co-host Rick, assuming that he watches the right movie this time. I watched the right movie this time.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. I sat through such a bad film and then found out it was the wrong one.
3: <laughs> what movie did you watch?
2: I watched uh, Ghosts of Mars. Don't ever, ever, ever we might think have to that do it an might be a good on idea, that. idea
3: to watch it. We might have to do an episode talks about it just so you won't have I will not
0: watch that movie again. Well, but you you already watched it once so you already, oh, okay. you already did the homework that's so true re- and
2: I still have my notes from it so.
0: the, the rest of us will do our painful homework and then we can do a Patreon special where we force ourselves to talk about John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars otherwise oh. known as John Carpenter Still Hates Women Yeah. So keep your ears peeled for I'd watch that for a dollar coming soon to the infinite potato Alliance podcast network. Uh, If you're tired of listening to me, then I apologize for this entire episode. Uh, If you want to see some of my work, then you can visit www.planetrisecreative.com where you can see some of my graphic artwork, including uh, posters, uh, social media avatars, banners, Uh, backgrounds, wallpapers, so on and so forth. Uh, If you don't like the website, you can visit me on Twitter at PlanetRise.
2: All right. Rick, what about you? You can find me at Publix, uh, sometimes CVS, uh, occasionally at the mall. um,
3: Wherever fine foot powders are sold.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Gold Bond. uh (laughs) Uh, that stuff smells bad uh anyway you can find me on starbase 66 or open the iris or the prime direction or occasionally captain game show or the star trek bat star trek podcast or cosmic potato i make the international sign of the potato um and yeah so basically all over this network
3: all right That'll do it for tonight. Uh, thank you all for joining us this week. If you want to contact us, just stay tuned. We'll tell you all the different ways that you can find us in just a minute. Be sure to join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast, when you might hear John say, obviously, I can't know this, but I'm guessing today's the first time someone pointed out that it's the end of the world as we know it by REM is a straight up rap song.
1: It is. <laughs> <laughs> you are
3: correct, sir.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
2: This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye.
1: You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. I'm Fredo's I'm going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss. Help the show grow by leaving us a five star rating and a review. Or support the show by visiting us at Patreon.com/slash Infinite Potato. That's the worst goodbye I've ever heard. And you stole it from a movie. Be sure to join us again soon on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast, brought to you by InfinitePotato.com.
0: Goodbye. This concludes our broadcast
1: day.